Hi guys, I just wanted to let you know that some of the content we discuss in this episode could be particularly disturbing to some people, so um, just want to let you know before we get into it. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, and thanks for downloading that B-Word podcast. This is your beautiful bipolar host, Becky. Well, for those of you who want an update in Becky's world... Well, my father has to have major surgery again, and it's going to be essentially the same type of surgery that gave him the complications last time. So as you can imagine, I'm pretty worried about that. Additionally, it is going to be coming up here next month, and I'm running out of vacation time at work. In fact, I'm out of vacation time at work, so in order to be paid for for the time off if I wanted to go see my father and be there for him through the surgery, well, I would have to take five days or zero days. That's my option, unfortunately. My workplace has this odd rule that you must take five of your vacation days consecutively. So that's where I'm at right now. If I take them singly, I take them unpaid. If I take them all at once, I can be paid for them. So, yeah, I know, it's weird, but that's the rules. One of these days, also, I'm going to have to do a deep dive into um, being a step-parent with bipolar disorder. Uh, There's a lot of parenting with bipolar disorder topics and articles and blog posts out there. I don't see many with this particular challenges of parenting or, or step-parenting when you have a mental illness. In the news this week, there were a couple of big stories, and I bet you guys can guess what I'm going to be mentioning. Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade... They both died by suicide, and there have been just a ton of retweets and Twitter posts and blog posts and all kinds of things letting everybody know, here's the the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, here's the text line, here's what you can do. But the truth is, that is not fixing the underlying problem. The underlying problem being a lack of funding and community support for the mentally ill. I've read one article that says that funding has been cut about by a quarter since 2008. Evidently, in the wake of the recession, everybody decided, well, we're just depressed about losing our jobs. Maybe we should cut, oh, I don't know, mental health funding. Makes sense, right? But since, well, since before then, since 1999, suicide rates have gone up 30%. And just like I said, the experts are also saying that patients aren't seeking treatment because they can't afford it, because there's no, there's no funding to allow uncovered people, uninsured people, people who are, um, high risk and low wage. There's 
there's no resources for them in many places. I'm kind of lucky here because we do have resources. Even so, I can't get the, I can't get in as often as I'd like. I can't get the treatment that I feel would be most beneficial to me. It's based entirely on, you know, when you, when the next opening is that you can get in. Either that or it's call off work and we just went over how I don't have any vacation days left. So that's a non-starter for me. It has to be when uh, after work hours when she has time for me. And that turns out to be maybe once a month. And for places that don't have a system like that, I can only imagine the difficulty in getting therapists and doctors to see you. Because, I'm not sure if you're aware, only 55% of therapists, that's a 2014 figure, 55% of therapists take insurance. The regular doctors take, about 89% of them take insurance. So it seems like what would be most beneficial in decreasing the suicide rate would be to fund community mental health centers, and other types of mental health intervention centers and get people the help they need, whether they're insured or not, you know, whether they have a job or not, because it's just not happening right now. Well, what can we do is always the line, right? What can we as single people, not politicians, do to you know, to help increase funding for these places. Well, aside from the obvious voting, aside from aside from writing your congressman or anything like that, what else can you do? Well, you could participate in something like the NAMI walks, um, raising funds for NAMI, the National Alliance for mental illness. I hope I got that right. And help them in their efforts. I know that one of their projects that they are into right now is a stepping up initiative, which aims to uh, help redirect prisoners, or I should say redirect people with mental illness before they get to jail, as well as all the other work they do. So that would be one good way to make a difference. You can participate in in any number of NAMI walks. They go on all year round for all across the country. And I'd like to hear you guys' ideas as well. What else can we do to um, help get mental illness treatment funded? Let me know what your ideas are. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for being with me through that. Uh, I know it's a difficult topic to discuss and to get through, but it's important and we do need to talk about it. But up next is an interview with one of my favorite interviewees. It's John from both Bipolar Style and the Jay Lily Show. If you haven't signed up for the Jay Lily Show yet, you really should. It's a good time. Um, it's free for all topics. <laughs> He's not bound by any specific genres. It was free to expound upon whatever. So, but in this, we're going to stay on topic. We're going to go with talking about 
borderline personality disorder and what that means to us. So I hope you guys do enjoy. So there's a thing called Pure O. You know what that is? Pure OCD? I've heard of this. I read about it about two years ago, but I forget now. And tell us all what the acronym is. Because Pure is not like Pure. It's actually, it stands for something, right? Uh, No, it just means it's basically just like without any uh, compulsions. It's all like obsessional. Oh, in your head. Oh, yeah. Sorry, in your head. But yeah, in your head, basically. Yeah, so so a- it doesn't exhibit itself as washing your hands a million times or, or the traditional stereotypical things, right? Right. But it occurs and it's in your brain and it drives you equally as crazy. Yeah, like recurring. Yes. Like there's yes. all kinds of different ones. There's um, like health-related OCD, self-harm-related OCD, um, yep. other people harm OCD, you know. Totally. And it's funny you're bringing this up because I'm going to see my shrink for the first time in like a year next uh-huh. Wednesday. Uh-huh. And I recall pure OCD now because I think I definitely have that. Yeah. Uh, every time room, I read about it. thoughts that bipolar people have definitely feel like OCD because I used to have more traditional OCD when I was younger. Uh-huh. Um, but now I don't. But I feel the same way in my head, and it, especially when it comes late at night. You're ruminating thoughts about different things obsessively over and over and over. Yeah. I can't differentiate that between what has been defined to me as pure OCD. Yeah, I know. I can't tell if it's just like a normal thing, a bipolar disorder, or if it's another thing on top of that. Or maybe I just have like a really like previously heretofore unknown create like mental illness. <laughs> then they're going to have to name after me or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes I wonder if like all of these things, are not they haven't been around throughout history. I mean, they have been around throughout history, I'm thinking. We've just starting to suss them out and give them different names and labels depending on our ability yeah. to, to codify them. Yeah, well, I mean, bipolar's been around for a long time. They, you know, they just called it a different yeah. head. But like hysteria, for example, <sighs> or, or amok. This is another thing I read about. Have you heard of amok? No. M- what's a- A-M-O-K. Like when you heard the term, oh, they run amok. Yeah. Well, Amok actually is the technical term for a fucking disease where you run around and murder people and then forget about it. You forget what? you did it. That's a thing? That's a real disease called amok. Wow. I have never right? heard so, of that. I mean, so that's been around. And that was back around, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Back in old England. So people run amok. Uh, they, they just diagnose them. Oh, that dude's got amok. I'm like, what? Amok? <laughs> instantly when I'm reading it in this context, I'm like... Yeah, that's a fucking cool name for a band. What's your band's name? Amok! <laughs> Anything that ends with a K is a cool name for a band. Fuck yeah, and a K is an awesome looking letter. Yeah. I wish I had a name with a K in it because it's fucking dope looking. It's almost as cool as an X, you know? It's very, bah, I'm a letter. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, very but Yeah, so back to the, um, the, the telltale signs of mental illnesses have been around for a long time. And I'm reading about the, the various ways they, they show themselves in different cultures. Like geography has a lot to do with it. And so does, unfortunately, capitalism now. They relabel and call all kinds of different things, um, different diseases, different names based on... Oh, based on what they can sell to you? Yeah, based on their ability to sell drugs to that community. Yeah. I know. That's always so disheartening because I Google mental illness news all the time. I'm like, I I look for it all the time. And half the time I search for bipolar disorder and it's like... It's like companies ranking how their bipolar disorder medica- medications are doing in the market. And I'm like, yeah, totally. that is so freaking depressing. It's yeah, it's hard not to be cynical. 
There's, there's just ancient diseases like African sleeping disease. It's a mental illness. And not only a mental illness, it's a mental illness that's derived from a brain disease, like some kind of inflammation or fuck up, a mechanical fuck up in the brain. It's not even behavioral. Like, this could be cured with the drug. And in some really sad cases, some of it's curable by fucking aspirin. Aspirin does a good enough job yeah. at reducing inflammation. And some of these foreign diseases are so closely related to inflammation alone that aspirin is the cure and it's just not being connected. So, yeah, it's always weird um, how we kind of uh, subdivide the clues and then start relabeling things as, as society evolves. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But the, the borderline thing, I think getting back to what we talk about a lot at Bipolar Party mm-hmm. is it's pretty insidious because the recurring thoughts um, is one thing. You know, that could be an OCD property. But it's the things we think about. Why do we always think the world Dude, hates us? That's not I a know. component of bipolar disorder. Bipolar is just like, oh, I can't control the level of my emotions. And I might apply the wrong emotion. But when you get to borderline personality disorder, how did people like you and I come to think that everybody hates us? In every situation, we frame it from that perspective. It's so maddening. I know. It, my old therapist told me, she asked me, how can you do a podcast if you think everybody hates you and you're afraid you're going to get like hate mail, you know, all the time? I'm like, you know what? I don't know why I'm doing this to myself because I'm really putting, we really put ourselves out there and to be hated. That's actually a good point. Um, I don't want to break in, but that's an excellent segue for something I was thinking about doing a podcast on, but Uh since you and I are here now. So there's a podcast um, a bipolar, a schizophrenic in a podcast. Uh-huh. I might be getting the, the words out of order. But no, it's uh, right. uh, East Coast man and a woman that got together through the internet and do a podcast together. So their most recent episode is them reading through their hate mail. And the one thing that stood out was somebody uh, contacting them and claiming one of them was a fake. Like, you're faking it. What? And I'm like, wait, 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 back up, back up. So here's the thing. To anybody that listens to mental health podcasts... Clearly, we're not recording these when we're in crisis. We're recording these when we're <laughs> at our best and we're able to communicate in a lucid manner. If like, no, there are many days when I can't move from the bed and I'm sure Becky's the same way and I'm sure uh, all the other podcasters that podcast about mental health issues, I'm sure there are days when their symptoms are so acute they can't do anything. And But okay, and then on the flip side, I also know that people that listen to podcasts about mental illnesses probably have a mental illness right. and just can't control themselves from saying some shit. You're faking it. Um, cause I've been at a group sometimes and in real life, even you have a tendency to like, ah, well, at least you have a family. At least you can do a pod. I mean, I, I get in that mode myself. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> God, man, I just want to say, you know, everybody settle down. Just take a breath. It's okay. <laughs> We're all in this in through together. the nose, out through the mouth. If we're in not, through the nose, we're not, out through the mouth. If we're, if we're doing this podcast the wrong way, we apologize. <laughs> and if we're exhibiting our mental illnesses the wrong way, the wrong way. I'm, personally, I'm personally sorry. I'm not doing it the right way. But that said, yes, we typically only do podcasts when we're feeling healthy. Right. Unlike writing a blog where nobody knows if you're <clears> crying all over your laptop, um, you just publish it whenever it looks done. With the podcast, that guy sounds healthy. What the fuck's wrong with you? Well, I don't know, man, but I can fool a lot of people most of the time. Like even in the job market, I managed to have a job. I don't know how. I don't know why. I know, right? But, <laughs> right. I'm like, who fooled you? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, I show up when I'm healthy. Just like we show up to the podcast when we're healthy. 
Yeah. So sorry. I, 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 yeah, that was weighing on my on my mind more than I thought it was. Sorry. Um, That's all right. I'm glad that I got that out. But now I fear I totally derailed what we were talking about. Yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about either. Put a commercial right here. Something. I don't have any commercials. I'll send you the file for bipolar style or bipolar party. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You put a bipolar style Uh, commercial right in here. See, that's the thing, right? (laughs) Join the party at bipolarparty.com. So uh, anyway, we're talking about why people hate us so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. about. About borderline. So, okay. So getting back to the hate mail that gets generated. If you're putting yourself out there with borderline personality disorder, you already think people hate you. I know. So it's just more reinforcing and damaging when they say, oh, you suck. You're not, you're not borderline enough. If you were borderline, you would really be X, Y, and Z, uh, you know. There which, are different types, okay? There are different types of borderline, just like there's different kinds of bipolar. It's like everybody affects something a little bit different, you know yeah, what I mean? It's so like so much. And just considering how complex the brain is and how complex our environments are, all of those things affect the brain. So even if we all had borderline personality disorder or a very specific uh, pure OCD or any specific disease, we manifest it so much differently because we're individuals. We have personality. We have lives. We have backgrounds and history and all that. So anyway, I don't want to get on the haters too much. If you want to hate on podcasts, cool, go ahead. My preference would be if you're going to Ding it. Just say it in words. Just give us some background information. Just give yeah. us some context as why you dislike things. I mean, don't just me. not or, just or two stars. Be crazy. Just give me a one star and not say anything and just hit and run and say a oh, one star. Ah, fuck you. Yeah, you can do that too. I don't <laughs> You're just care. like I knew somebody Whatever. who was bipolar one time and I hated them. One star. Yeah, I will find a way to fucking flip it and use that as some kind of like pity party and get more people to listen. Whatever. <laughs> I'm a psychopath that way. <laughs> okay. or, uh, I guess that would be sociopathic. You know, there's not much of a difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. It just really depends on which word people like to say more. Huh. Well, okay. Well, a psychopath doesn't have any empathy at all. And sociopath, I guess they don't have empathy either. Okay. Yeah. yeah I guess they're the same. Yeah. Kind I of. started to suss that out myself. That's like a third time I've used the word sus today. And it's all been in this podcast. So <laughs> slap me if I say that word. I don't even like that word. I don't even <laughs> like S's. Hey, so oh, wait, that reminds me of something. Do you know what the word hankering, mean, hankering means? Hankering. Oh, sure, of course. See? Like, I was I talking to somebody today, and I had a... I got a hankering for some soul food, because the right. guy opens on Wednesday nights across the street, and he's fixing some greens over there, so I got a hankering for some greens and mashed potatoes. See? I talked to somebody today who had no idea what I was talking about, and I was like, okay, I guess my redneck is showing? I don't know. Oh, you but. know what y'all say I noticed at the bipolar party? What? Y'all, get, y'all go to cookouts. Is that what you do? Like, on a on the Memorial Day, you have a yeah. cookout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't do that in California. What do you do? It's too hot barbecue. to cook out. No, oh. we, we just type BBQ. We're, I'm going to a BBQ. We got a barbecue. We're having a barbecue. I said, and I didn't think it was that strange because clearly it's you understand what barbecue or cookout means, right? It's yeah. totally synonymous. But it just struck me as odd that way. People in California just do not say cookout. You never hear saying cookout would be like saying you want a pop. You want some pop? <laughs> yeah, like, we say oh, that we too. <laughs> we don't say pop or, or cookout. Weird. Wait, y'all are weird over say, there. You don't say pop in California. I thought that was just you a say, South thing. You say soda. See, everywhere says soda except for like here. Like, I mean, some people say a Coke. You want to get well a Coke, in like Georgia or something. People are always trying to correct you. Oh, you want a Coke or a Pepsi or Seven Up? Well, fuck, no, water. Fuck off. <laughs> people, th- those people drive me crazy in life in general. Correctors, people that are always correcting you. 
and trying to yeah. split because I like using conversational shortcuts. So I speak kind of in shorthand and I, I four wheel drive over the top of all kinds of details just for brevity for the sake of a conversation to get to the next part of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Man, when I get around somebody that's like, oh, you meet this. Oh, you meant to say this. I'm like, no, motherfucker, stop interrupting and I'll get to my point later. But yeah, oh, you meant, oh, no, actually, uh, a- no, actually, fucking actually. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I, my stepson used to use that all the time. You know, well, actually, blah, I'm well, like, oh my God. It's kind of yeah. cute when a kid does it, though. No, you it's know? not. A, a little bit more than when an adult does it. <laughs> Especially if they're sassy and like three years old and kind of pop their hip out and put their, <laughs> put their wrist in their wrist. And, well, actually, I'm like, oh, a little smart ass here. Okay. Uh, this kid's right up my alley. I guess it depends on how long they, how often they do it. And, and I did not find it. it. Yeah. I did not find it. You're in charge cute. of that kid. And it's like, actually, I'm not in the mood, motherfucker. <laughs> actually to bed right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ugh. Did you ever spank your kids? I, well. Are you, are you a spanker? No, well, I'm their stepmom, so I never thought it was, like, my place to, like, spank them. I did, one of them called me a bitch one time, and I did smack his ass for that. (laughs) Just one time, just a little tap, but... uh, I think I've smacked my, maybe each of them, maybe one time on the ass for one thing or another, but, yeah, I never really need. And I'm not even sure if I did that just to say, see, I can do this if I can, if I need to, don't let it happen. But, man, it just seems so, yeah... Yeah, I don't see it much anymore either. I used to see kids getting smacked a lot in public, and people tend to hide that shit. That's good. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, is it good that they hide it? I don't know. I felt bad for uh, it. I, I yeah, wish I wouldn't point. have done it, but, but I did. Mm-hmm. And he called me a bitch, man. <laughs> that's not cool. There got to be some repercussions yeah. for that. And I could tolerate that if they build up to it. You know, I worked in the juvenile hall for many years, um, and the first couple weeks was tough because I'm like, you, it's really personal. You take it personally. After a while, it's like, oh, that's just the way they talk. That's their accent. Hmm. Blue-eyed devil is how they say things. <laughs> okay. The, the kids in juvenile hall used to call me names that I that didn't offend me. And I thought, I think they thought they super offended me, but they didn't offend me at all. And Peckerwood, like, yeah, that's reminds me of Woody Woodpecker. That's kind of funny, dude. Oh, Cracker? And I was like, mm. Saltine? You call me that because I'm white like a saltine? I'd be, I that was before really I knew got about that. whip cracking. Um, and I don't think they knew about whip cracking either. They were too young to have oh. learned that. But they knew cracker. And they also knew blue-eyed devil, which I kind of thought was cool. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah, that could be my nickname right on. Oh, shit. I was on the subway the other day, right? Uh-huh. And, and I've tried all, I try really hard to like get along with black people because I like them a lot. And I don't try to be like a black person, like Eminem or Vanilla Ice or any of that shit. But I just try to make sure that <laughs> no, you that, said that, Vanilla Ice. I have to tell story, right? That they know I'm cool with them. And I was on the subway on the last train in the back, where I always sit because that's that's how I feel. I feel like I'm gonna sit on, on the back of the train because that's where I meet black people. Also, there's always a seat back there. Hmm, not sure why. There's always a seat <laughs> at the back of the train. Maybe people don't want to walk to the end of the platform. Maybe the white people are scared of the black people in the back of the car. I don't know. But the fucking middle of the cars on the subway are full, cram full of white people standing shoulder to shoulder, coughing on each other. And the end cars are plenty of empty seats with black folks in them. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> the choice to me is obvious. Anyway, I was sitting back there uh, on the way home the other night. And I got what I felt was the biggest compliment. But it's hard to explain it unless you were there 
And I'm not even sure I could tell the story in a way that conveys it. But I'm just sitting there chilling, doing my thing, listening to some music. And the guy comes in and he's looking up everybody in the car. He's an older gentleman, maybe 60. And uh, looking me up real close. Not maliciously or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gave him a nod and said, what's up? He's like, and he looked at me, bent in a little closer because he was standing <laughs> and I was sitting. And looked at me and he said, oh, oh, you was a blue-eyed brother. And I'm like, uh, all right, I'll take it. And I'm like, what's up? So we fist bumped and he kept walking. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what about me made him think I was the brother, but I super appreciated that. <laughs> That's awesome. It's weird. The little things mean a lot, right? Yeah, I have blue eyes and nobody ever comments on them. Well, remember, I live in a place where I'm the only person like me. Well, that's a good point. When I brought my son to like Hawaii when we were little and tons of, uh, especially when Japanese we were little? tourists at the time, because Japan's a lot closer to Hawaii than, than we are, really. And we would go into like a jewelry store. Oh, my God. The Japanese ladies in the jewelry stores would grab my little blonde haired kid and put him on the counter and start rubbing him and stuff. They're like, oh, I'm, I finally found one that um, I could communicate with. And she said, no, blonde hair babies, good luck. I'm like, oh, oh okay. that's cute. Every fucking elevator, bring the baby up. Everyone's reaching out, like, touch the Buddha, touch his little leg, oh, <laughs> get a piece. And my, my wife at the time, she was one of those paranoid first time moms. Yeah. Eh, get away, get away. Eh, eh, eh. And I was just reaching for him, like, no, hand him over, give him to the people, just let him try it out. It's funny. But yeah, yeah you'd be a like stranger in a strange land here in this town. I want like that idea we had about let's start a floral company. Like I a would totally do that. Men. I have no yeah. idea how to be a florist, but I would just come in and I would I start I cutting flowers. Who also like my friend from Louisiana who's in Bipolar Party. Mm-hmm. We had talked about like how do we come up with an idea? It's almost like a communal living situation where you run a business that could suffice the whole community uh, until they left, you know, until they as long as they wanted to. And but a fucking florist would be badass because it's somewhat physical, but not too much. It's creative as you want it to be. It smells great. You're with nature, man. Right. And you don't have to like if you just want to be in the back and do the flowers and have somebody else up front, you can do that. So you don't have to deal with people. The designer, somebody could be the salesperson. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I like delivering flowers and the little you can get a golf cart downtown San Francisco. Delivering flowers would be the best. Oh my God, everybody would be happy to see you all the time. And, well, yeah. and plus great. they know that you're don't you're using donated flowers or or however the donation piece falls into it. I think people would love to to give and receive. Because then, hey, you got extra flowers, you don't throw them in the dumpster. You make a little bouquet and you give it to a homeless person. You just go Aww. find the person that's sleeping in a tent and say, Hey, I brought you flowers today. See? You know, they might die, but hey, it fucking felt good the moment you gave them flowers. What else are you going to do? Right, everybody likes to get flowers. I don't know. I can see a homeless person like looking at that and being like, I can't eat fucking roses, dude. <laughs> there, yeah, you might. Mm, it's true. I mean, it sounds nice, but I mean. You can't please everybody. But I have given things because they're very um, industrious. They find stuff to do. Like if you gave someone a bundle of flowers, I wouldn't put it past them to take the bundle of flowers to the next block and try to sell it to somebody else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or sell them, so yeah. People, yeah, they're always willing to take whatever you got. Because, like, I, instead of going to the Salvation Army, and I got old T-shirts and whatnot, I just walk down with my big hefty bag to the sidewalk, and there's, like, a gutter punks living down there sometimes. Yeah. Start pulling out the T-shirts. Like, oh, dude, I'll take that REO Speedwagon. That's <laughs> fucking dope. 
He's like a 20 year old gutter punk wearing an REO Speedwagon shirt. <laughs> uh, love it. That's funny. So, how do you think you caught your uh, bipolar? I'm sorry. How I caught it? How do you think you <laughs> caught your borderline personality? Oh, uh, so when I was little, well, so this is hard to talk about. So, um, there was some inappropriate things going on with certain people in my family. Okay. So that happened. And, um, then when I was growing up and in school and everything, I was like ostracized hard by everybody I went to school with and stuff like that. And so I think I just kind of developed it from all of that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, we really skipped over the good part, so let's back up. Mm-hmm. All right, so when you say, okay, so say inappropriate, so that's telling me that you're probably molested by somebody in your close family, but I won't say how close because I don't know, but I'm just guessing that's usually what people say. And I had some of that go on too, but it wasn't by a family member. kind of got like exposed by some freaky kids in the creek on the way home when I was walking home from school one time. Uh. I was made to expose myself. And I didn't really connect it because I was like in third grade, but all through high school, I didn't like to dress out for PE. Hmm. I didn't think about it until one time I thought about it. I'm like, oh, that fucking one time in the creek, they made me fucking pull out my dick. Yeah. That's why I don't like to dress out. I know. And then after that, after that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Now I run around naked, whatever. Um, <laughs> but once you connect the thing, so I'm always like, well, how did I get this? Why do I hate myself? Why do I have borderline personality disorder? And... And how do you describe it to a stranger or an outsider when they just hear borderline and they think fucking wing bat, that person's just fucking nuts. Don't have anything to do with them. Yeah. You're best just to leave them alone. I mean, how do we break through that? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm actually normal, quote unquote, most of the time. <laughs> those, those are my sirens, by the way. Yeah. Sorry. I, I don't have sirens all that often. More often it than happens. you'd think in a small little town like this one, but not, but not still not all that often. What? I, I always wonder about the molestation thing because it, I was abandoned and I'm not saying that they're the same thing, but I'm saying both things are traumatic enough to maybe trigger well, a borderline part, personality. Part of that, like the abandonment thing, you think maybe it's like that, like nobody was there to like rescue you or whatever. For sure. I felt yeah. completely like I'd thrown off a cliff and was just falling. I think with the abandonment piece though, I've always, okay, so here's what being abandoned me, uh, caused me to do. It caused me to be like a chameleon, which yes. I think might also be part of a borderline issue. So no matter what circumstance I'm in, I seem really charming and, you know, like I fit in, like, oh, this guy really gets it. Okay, so there's two things going on there. I'm smart, so I, d- I can pick up data in my surroundings really fast. Cool, but I'm also nuts. So I'm <laughs> trying to use all that data that I'm gathering through my senses just to fit in. I just don't want to be abandoned again. I don't want to lose this conversation. I don't want to lose the house I'm in, the relationship we have. I don't want to lose anything I've gathered up till now if you find out I'm a fraud, which is funny because in doing so, I'm now a fraud. I'm now basically putting on an act to try to be the person you think I am. And I think that all stems from having nowhere to live and having to to kind of like figure out how does this family act? Like when I sleep at Ray's house... How should I act to his mom and dad? And then when I have to go over to Steve's house, what's his family like? How do I have to change just to have a meal tonight and just to not be kicked out into the streets? So I think the abandonment for me 
because I was never like hardcore molested. Like, you know, having to pull down your pants in the creek is traumatic, but not like, it's not like being raped or anything. Um, and <laughs> we'll get hate mail for some shit like that. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> anyway, I'm not uh, like, sure. again, it's not a contest. I'm just trying to convey what happened to me and kind of sort it out, uh, like how it connects to how I am today. Um, so yeah, abandonment, I think definitely caused my personal borderline. Yeah. And, and that whole thing about having a narcissistic parent that we've talked about before. Yeah. If you have a parent who expects you to be a certain way and withholds love, unless you are that way, well, humans need love. You're going to fucking like start acting that way for your dose of love now and then, even though that might not be your genuine self. Yeah. So have you ever heard of the concept of splitting? I have. Are you talking about splitting parents, like like a, a person splitting two other people? That's um, the context I know it as. Yeah, splitting is like when um, you aren't able to reconcile two different parts of a person into the same person. Like um, you can't reconcile angry mom into happy mom and loving mom. They're like oh, two different okay, people no, in I your heard psyche. Of in that context. Yeah, tell me more. Yeah. So, well, that's basically what how it was explained to me by my my uh, therapist. Anyway. So, so how, do you, how does that sit? How does that sit in your consciousness then? If I if I've got like two moms, basically, the one that's yeah. evil and then the one that loves me when well, I'm good. I mean, I think your rational brain understands that it's the same person, but like your lizard brain, or for lack of a better term, doesn't doesn't really get it because they seem hmm. like so okay. like such different entities. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they come from such different angles. It's really hard right. to, to match them up. Whereas, like one one minute. She could be screaming and swearing and throwing things and banging her head against the wall. And then the next second, she's like crying and like saying that she loves you or whatever, which was basically my mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and she'd say weird. Mine would say weird things like, uh, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Like, I'm uh, like, what? What's that even mean? She read like Tough Love, the book called Tough Love, which is total bullshit. It's like, hey, abandon your kids, uh, you know, neglect them withhold from them that'll teach them <laughs> like who where is this mumbo jumbo coming from it didn't work well at least it didn't work with me i mean, no i know a lot of people are out there thinking no tough love fucking works i know cuz it worked for me well yeah. that's uh, because you probably what? haven't been to a psych doctor as an adult let's right. see how well it really worked for you yeah and what kind of diagnoses do they have so. none that's a totally an uh, episode of a podcast i'm going to do shortly huh? it's just the vast amount of people in america that have never had a checkup, had a psych checkup at all. So yeah. We, yeah, that's, I'm gonna leave it at that. Let's get back to borderline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need some fodder for your episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, so like you were talking about not wanting to like change in the, uh, with a, you know, in the gym or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I can totally understand that because like it sucks though, because what part of my thing is kissing and like certain methods of kissing. I really can't, I can't stand it. And I always feel terrible because I'm always like pushing my husband away when he gets like that. I'm like, no, you got to like back up right now. Seriously, dude. <laughs> because thought, it triggers that memory of yes. whatever happened when you're younger. Yeah. And man. Oh yeah. It no, sucks. I guess in, in a weird way, it's like food too. Like if you didn't like the taste or smell of food, or if you love the smell of your mom's mac and cheese or whatever, I mean, there's something so deeply ingrained in our senses, like in the core of our brain that no matter what, even your loving husband 
it a kissing it's like oh it's all good except for that one thing you got to stop that one thing yeah like whatever like you hit the one spot that reminds me of a fucked up situation and and neither one of you can do much about it right there at the moment so it becomes really awkward so you either have to i guess suck it up and wait till that part passes yeah or bring it up and risk offending him which i'm sure as a guy we'd totally be offended be like well fuck it then yeah just go watch tv (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean, not not that your husband's that way, but I know I I would tend to be because I I just get offended like oh I'm not doing it right then we'll fuck it. Sometimes with the borderline I would think you hate me and I'm like oh yeah. well who has been doing it right really <laughs> I, you don't like my kissing uh, who whose kissing do you like then the, um you know what I mean it could really get out of hand real fast so I, I feel for you in that situation like do you speak your mind yeah he's generally pretty out. understanding usually I try to just like you know change the situation somehow without you know being uh, yeah just yeah too, too blunt about it i guess just yeah because you're you're generally a kind person so i'm sure Aww, thank you y- you treat that with kindness um, i try to but, but how, i mean he can still tell partner well. know? how much does your partner know about your personal borderline and like borderline in general well, I try to get him to read up on borderline in general. I'm not really sure he has. I know he's read up on bipolar. I don't know if he's read up on the borderline, which kind of sucks because that's the part you can't control with medicine. So <laughs> every now and then I start to think, man, I'm more affected by borderline than I am bipolar. Now yeah. I'm not trying to say, hey, my bipolar cured. It's it's not. I, I feel the symptoms a lot frequently, um, but I'm used to those. They're yeah. They're predictable and they're unpredictability. I can't predict when they're going to happen, but I'm used to the way my bipolar mood swings make me feel. So I'm not as scared by the actual mood swings as much. What does bother me, though, is is the hating of myself, because that Mm -hmm. is what will lead me to like suicidal ideation. It's not a mood swing. There's nothing that makes me currently sad enough to like, oh, fuck, this is miserable until the borderline kicks in and like, oh, it's miserable because it's always been miserable and no one's ever liked me. And it's never going to change. And why, why even be here? That's in my mind, that's the borderline saying all that stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's not depression. Depression is depression. It makes me lethargic, stay in bed, dark, feels like a giant wave of like dark black lava or a big tsunami slowly coming at me. But it doesn't feel like die. It doesn't feel like die, John, you suck. That yeah. to me is borderline. So yeah. I, I wish more people did know about it because man, it's miserable. It's, and the thing is both with, bipolar disorder and borderline neither one of those are developmental disorders we're very cognizant we're lucid we know that our brain just fucked up and right i likened it to a sneeze when i tried to explain it to my kids when they were younger and like well i got this thing where sometimes i have like a mental sneeze and i can't predict it i can't stop it while it's happening and i apologize if i sneeze on you (laughs) oh that's kind of a good way to explain it to a kid yeah. yeah, well, I'm like, it's not personal. Like, sometimes you get something in your nose, you know what a sneeze is, right? No, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, sometimes my brain has a sneeze, and we all get kicked out of the amusement park. So, <laughs> I apologize. Did that really happen? That happened. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Circle Surrounded by police. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even... I, don't I just couldn't let it know. go. I just couldn't... Nobody got hurt. I just couldn't let it go. And yeah. when you're my size... They, people don't like it when you can't let shit go. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Sometimes I forget. I, I feel like the 14 year old kid that got kicked out of the house. I think my growth was stunted then. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a gangly goober kid. 
I've heard but that. Yeah, in, in real life, I'm like a six foot one, 215 pound shaved head Nazi looking dude. <laughs> um, not the glorified as long as Nazis. You don't wear like I get boots that. and if bracers. I had some red boots on or whatever color boots Nazis use. Yeah. It, people would probably be like, what the fuck? Anyway, I'm a blue eyed brother now. Um, <laughs> that said, yeah, there's been instances where it's definitely not being able to let it go. Uh, can't say that that's borderline, but again, well, borderline I mean, probably because if somebody like at an amusement park is trying to argue logic with you, you think you're being victimized. You think he's just picking on you. You don't see that guy picking on anybody else in line. You think, oh, this guy's just fucking picking on me. Why is it always me? How come the world's out to get me? That's the thing with borderline people. We think the world's fucking out to get us when it's it's not. And we have to be reminded constantly that, dude, the world is not out to get you. You're doing just fine. Try Try to appreciate what you have. And that unto itself drives me crazy when people say, well, maybe you should just be more grateful for what you have. Yeah, I'm I mean, like, well, that's wow, all fine and good. <laughs> I am grateful, but why can't I want one more? And why can't I want to feel better about myself without yeah. being told, just be grateful? I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, people don't have no idea what they're talking about when they say things like that. I mean, they, they, I'm sure it comes... And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it comes from like a nice place they're trying to help, place of like compassion or whatever, but I mean... It's not helpful if it's uh, just, you can't just think your way out of it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I I wish because, and if we could, we would like it. All the bipolar people I know uh, are smart. And if we could think our way out of having bipolar, we most certainly would. And borderline again, trickier is a learned behavior. How, How do I unlearn something I know? That's, for example, I've been playing the drums since I was a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. For, for me to sit down and someone play, hey, play an offbeat, play a beat that's not a beat. Like, play, pretend you're, like, pretend you're an actor that doesn't know how to play the drums. And I'll sit behind the drum set. It is so fucking hard to play an off, to, to fuck up, basically. Yeah. Just because I'm so used to, like, no, this is how, that's how drums go. There's a beat. There's a thing. So to say... Just think differently about yourself and will help you cure the borderline with DBT therapy, uh, therapy or CBT. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'll go to your therapy. I, I've gone to therapy. Have I you done go DBT? To more therapy in my life. Um, but the thing is, none of, and there's no pills yeah. that you can take that make you not hate yourself. There's yeah. pills that stop the mood swings. There's pills that quell the mania. There's pills that boost the depression. But there are no happy pills that say, ah, John doesn't hate himself anymore. Yeah, it'd be really nice if there was. But have oh, you done? Would take it. Have you done DBT? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Did uh. um, when I was in Hollywood, I found of all places, I had some of the best care in Hollywood when I was the poorest. Once you admit you're poor, there's a lot of uh, services will open up for you, especially if you actually are poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some good therapy. I think it was 16 weeks one on one. Oh wow! With the with the same lady, she was really nice. And, uh, I can't even pretty. get in two weeks in a row. I always develop a crush. They always give me like these super hot therapists. I don't know <laughs> why or if they just become hot to me because they're my therapist. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty hot. I wonder. And I'm like, no, that's totally inappropriate. How are we going to get any work done? <laughs> All this is going on in my head, like totally ruminating. I'm like, uh, what should I say? And then it becomes hard to like say. It's like, hmm, yeah. do I let it out? Or, hey, maybe, maybe we get together. <laughs> so fucking hard. Even yeah, like in this, even when you have a therapist, how, how do you therapy right? Yeah, I wish I knew. Right, it's right. Like, it's, I, I know, find I know one thing, though. America needs more therapists. More yes. people need 
human contact with other people. I don't care if it's through the internet, through Skype. I think Skype therapy will work as long as it's a trained therapist who knows how to reflect back to you because humans are inherently reflective creatures. We need to bounce our thoughts and our existence off of other humans or we don't matter at all. You think? I know so. Huh. We can't, we can't live in isolation. We have to bounce our thoughts and our notions and our existence off of others. We can do it somewhat through the internet, but it's not nearly as good as doing it in person. Um, that said, as long as you do it, like even on Twitter, I live a relatively isolated life, but I don't feel isolated. I communicate through people on Twitter. Like we're yeah. talking now. It feels like we know each other. We've communicated in the chat rooms and stuff. So, but the reality is it's not much different than, uh, you know, space invaders to me. It's a screen with pixels on it. <laughs> space invaders. That, that, that's how I approach Why that game? <laughs> well, I, I approach it like that because when I tweet and something goes awry on my Twitter stream, and it starts lighting up in my phone, then I know <laughs> it's space invader time. So instead of like left, right, left, right, pew, 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 shoot, 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 it's more like dot, 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 you suck. <laughs> how, how, how could you even say that at Donald Trump? You know what I mean? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Just get off. But I, I definitely see my Twitter as a uh, video game. I don't see it as real. Interesting. Uh, I hope I don't offend like real people out there because there's a lot all of your twitter followers the the christian people the christian people that followed the bipolar style account Mm -hmm. that always trips me out i'm like if you deny mental illness but you're following this show explain that like how how do you rationalize that Mm. the whole thing about mental illness and religion is trippy to me because religion has always tried to claim that mental illness is a straight up moral failure yeah like oh you're just thinking wrong you've had too many sex partners that's why you're schizophrenic that kind of thing uh where that's just not the case so that's like the symptom and not the cause so yeah right no that that used to be a thing there's so many interesting books i've been reading especially when it came to uh germs and the mental illness infection thing i know it It led i read bibliography and i started reading a bunch of other books about this stuff yeah, we've known so much about mental illnesses being physical diseases for so long, at least 100 years, and we've done absolutely nothing about it because we let religions handle it. We're like, oh, they can have the mental illnesses. We'll work on the bones and the skin and the muscles. Uh, they can have the mind. Yeah. yeah. It always creeps me out when you start reading from those books or we're talking about those books. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know <laughs> any of this. It's going to make me like go to a very uh, crazy place. I can't think of right, another right. word. Well, especially <laughs> if I have a hint of OCD, for example. Well, then then what? I read all these books about how mental illnesses come from germs in many cases. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll become a germaphobe. But what the, now yeah. you have another disease. Yeah. <laughs> how do you yeah. escape? And if you ignore them all, you have anosonosia. That's no fun. Yeah. It's my favorite that disease. Is, it is fun to say, anosa-nosha. Anosa-nosha. What is that? <laughs> a lack of insight. Yeah. You don't see your doctor. You should go have a mental health checkup. I don't need it. I don't have anything. You might have anosa-nosha. I want to make a commercial, like for <laughs> a, a placebo pill for anosa-nosha. So what else should people know about the differences between borderline and bipolar? 
I guess that to me that's the one thing, right? It's yeah. Just, we, we hate ourselves. It's it's too it's a complete oversimplification, but a lot of by I mean borderline people um, we just hate ourselves or we think we hate ourselves until someone reminds us that we're worthy. But we think everybody and, else hates us as well. And so yeah. we're like, I don't even know why I try to interact with humans sometimes because I'm like, I know it's just going to hurt like hell until like they pay attention to me again. So right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why not, do I do I'm that? Totally, I feel like I'm allergic to life. I get outside. I'm like, oh, I'm allergic to this. Everything that's worth living for I'm, it makes me sad and unhappy and and including including whining like i fucking hate hearing people whine <laughs> i cry babies cry about just useless shit and then i'm like oh well that's your fucking whole podcast it's just you fucking whining about stuff and i'm like oh yeah that's right no i don't think so and, it doesn't ever come off maybe like whining not, but see okay so this is exactly the kind of conversation we talk about right you're being the kind person that says no you're not really as bad as you think you are but it just doesn't register to me oh how, how are you accepting compliments oh um not great yeah, I'm the worst. So I, I'm like, yeah, I try to work on it. You know, I try to work hard. on it. And it really feels horrible, like poison, because not only can I not accept a compliment when people give say something nice to me or about me, sometimes I'll go the extra mile and say, not only is that person wrong, they're a fucking idiot. I'll start like <laughs> flipping it, saying that person is so stupid, they don't even know me. I've pulled one over, so they must be a fucking idiot. Therefore, I don't even respect them because they just gave me a compliment. See how twisted it gets so fast? Yeah. Oh, it's yep. so sick. And yet we're able to talk about it. We can explain it. Yet in the moment when you when you sneeze, when you catch that little bit, your yeah. whole life goes haywire. That's how we lose jobs. That's how we get surrounded by cops and thrown out of amusement parks. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just, uh, and inside you go to bed, it's like, wait, I'm a fucking normal guy. How did I have a weird ass day like that? Yeah, I know. It's uh, It doesn't make any sense. It's because you can know, you can cognitively know what's going on and still like your heart is getting ripped out and right. it's, her- it's and, terrible. Yeah. And you, you, get- you could list all the reasons why the people around you are causing you pain. You can review the list the next day and like, hmm, yeah, that was kind of bullshit. <laughs> you, you have a connection to the way you felt the day before, but you don't feel that way the next day. And the feelings change so much from day to day. Yeah. It really makes you feel like a quote unquote crazy person. I don't yeah. know how a schizophrenic person feels when they're at their worst, but I know when you have both borderline and some mania happening at the same time, you just hate yourself in fast motion. You think yeah. of every potential reason to hate yourself and then you get creative with those and think of even more reasons to go do something you shouldn't do. Yeah. Uh, it, I think that's like the tough. most, that's the most dangerous state to be in for me is for sure. Yeah slightly manic and in a bad BPD place or even just a mixed episode, it's like, okay, I should probably be supervised right now. (laughs) And it doesn't even matter if it's, it's, if it's a bad BPD place or depression at that point, right? It's like, I don't know why I'm thinking of killing myself. I just know that I'm here now and I've got the energy to do it. And I've thought it all out. This is the most rational thing for me to do. That's when it's like really fucking dangerous, right? Yeah. When, when you've rationalized, oh, that is probably the most rational thing to do. And you just can, you know, well, maybe I'll get the energy to do it. That's why, good, like to the gun argument, so I'm glad I don't have deadly things like around because I don't want to die from jumping out a window. That's a horrible, not guaranteed death. Yeah. P- pills would be too slow for me. But a gun, eh, that's pretty fucking quick. I could see if I was in a space like, eh, just take it out real quick. Just fuck yeah. around, see what's up. I should probably put a trigger warning at the beginning of this. 
we'll just cut that whole part out. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that too. We'll see see how it flows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trigger warning. That should be a name of a podcast. Was trigger warning. We said it the name of the show is. was Trigger Warning. What did you expect? It, I'm sure it probably is already, and it's probably a conservative podcast. Just making it's, fun it's of the There's so many podcasts out there with such low production standards. It drives me crazy. Yeah. What and the I bad do? part is half the just, time they have good content. It's just like you have to listen through half yeah. an hour static just to get to it. That's the conundrum, right? The people with good content have city, uh, shitty production and people with good production just ramble like me. Yeah. <laughs> but you have a good production value, so no one cares. Yeah. And doggone it. People like me. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. It was great talking to you. Thanks for letting me on your show. Oh, no problem. Uh, I always like talking to you. It, well, especially like because we hang out at, at the Bipolar Party, which is yes. kind of a cool resource. Especially Bipolar for Party. Creative know. people like you and Jim and me. And we'll get Becky. We got Becky set up, Miss Nerdcore. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait until she uh, starts. Oh, boy. She's got some stuff. She's going to make a great podcast guest I for know. a while, right? Yeah. I had her on not that, not that long ago. I don't think it's aired yet, but I had her on talking about her uh, ECT experience. So she's got like just a ton of, she's like a wealth of, information and stories right right uh, yeah she's like we've got several good segments of podcasts um like we were talking at the party earlier today about bipolar and child custody i went through some yeah. some issues with that where like my ex had continued saying oh he's faking he's faking until she figured out that she could actually use it against me and then she went to court and said no no he's got bipolar he's got bipolar he's unstable and dangerous so people are mean man they'll they'll use your uh They'll either gaslight you and that you don't have it or or de- deny that you really have it. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to deal with sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of like the medical health, the mental health um, system. Like the worst, ca- the worst shape you are in, the more hoops you have to jump through. Like if you just have a sore throat, you can go and flip out your medical card at the doctor and be in and out with some medicine in, you know, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're... If, a creepy crawly mess and keep crying and can't hold your shit together. No, man. Sorry, you'll have to fill out this form. You're going to have to go to that office over there three miles down the road and right. you've got to fill it. And a big thanks to John for being with me today and um, sharing some of those insights about BBD. I really appreciate it, as always. And as always, you can reach me at that B word one or you can reach me. Oh, that's on Twitter, by the way, or you can reach me via email at Becky at that You can also find me on Facebook uh, at that B word pod, and you can look me up on Pinterest as well. And I have a few things going on there. All right, guys, I thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And if you could be so kind, please, as to give me a rating and a review there on iTunes or wherever you listen I'd really appreciate that as well. It helps more than you could possibly know. (laughs) Okay, guys, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. One moment. One moment. He's old.